You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the MLB Extras Yankees podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Brian Hoke, our Yankees reporter. We are in Las Vegas 2018 winter meetings. The Yankees, even if they don't do anything in a winter meeting, there's always something to talk about. We're going to get to what we were talking about on Monday as far as this team goes. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. But let's start with the real news, and that is Jay Happ. It's something that was brewing. You knew it was a handful of teams in on him. You knew it was two years mostly. The Yankees, it sounds like, were willing to go three, and they got their man. It certainly looks that way. And I think that the holding part there was giving a third year to a guy who's going to be 38 going on 39. But you got to give to get. And I think that he proved last year when he came to the Yankees, went 7-0 down the stretch, uh, had a sub-3 ERA, pitched really well. I know he got hit around in game one of the American League Division Series. But this guy is a proven talent. Uh, You slot him into the rotation. You start to feel really good about the way that stacks up. You know, they've talked about, Brian Cashman has said, all winter, starting pitching is a priority. They, they pulled off the Jane Paxson trade. Uh, you install him. You bring back Jay Happ. And now you, you've got a, a formidable starting five that uh, should be able to go toe-to-toe with the Boston Red Sox. Happ's interesting because of the age in the third year. They didn't want to go an extra year for Corbin, but that was a sixth year. Yeah. This being a third year seems to make a lot of sense. And beyond what he did on the mound, he really fit well into that clubhouse. Too, Absolutely, you know? yeah. You know, there's some guys who just kind of – show up and it feels like they're part of the furniture it feels yeah. like they've been there for a while you know i remember todd frazier uh, a couple years ago was that guy he came over from the white Sox, and it felt like he'd been there for five years i remember cc sabathia said that uh hap was the same thing i mean this guy shows up does his job he's been around i mean this guy pitched for the phillies in the 2009 world series out of the bullpen so he, he's been through the wars um familiar with new york obviously pitched well there last year and uh, i think he'll be a good fit in pinstripes is this rotation set or is there a chance that, because you start to hear more and more rumors about Yusei Kikuchi and, and he's starting to kind of find his way as far as which teams are interested and where he wants to go. Is that something the Yankees will stay interested in? I think so. I, I think that, you know, Cashman was talking this week about how Kikuchi was a guy they've scouted extensively. He's someone who's worth talking about, who makes a major league rotation better, whether it's the Yankees or not. Um, I, I think that the fact that they went for the Hap deal shows that they weren't getting much traction with their trades for other, with trade talks for other yeah. guys like a Corey Kluber, for example. Uh, I think that once those kind of fizzled out and you know, this Noah Syndergaard trade, which we'll get to, uh, w- once those started to be more of a long shot and not reality, I think that's why they jumped on Hap. But Kikuchi's still out there. And the good thing about him is, as far as the Yankees are concerned, there's a time frame there. Scott Boris can't drag that out because yeah. he's got to come to an agreement by January 2 or he's going back to Japan. So there's a finite amount of time that they can negotiate with Kikuchi. Scott Boris' worst nightmare, right? <laughs> a, a deadline to get something done. Um, all right, let's get you mentioned it. Noah Syndergaard, that was the big story here on Monday night. Three-way deal was the rumors. Marlins sending JT Realmuto up to the Mets. The Mets sending Noah Syndergaard to the Yankees, which still just it seems weird, and then mm-hmm. other players would end up being involved. Seems like it's not going to happen, but how much traction was there at some point? Like, Was there a point in your mind chasing the story that you felt like, 
this is real? My, my understanding is it was real. Yeah. It was one of many permutations of that trade. And uh, where it stems from is the Mets are really trying hard to get real Muto. And so um, Brody Van Wagenen, is, we've seen already, he's daring. He's willing to pull off things that maybe other GMs aren't thinking about. Those three-way trades are always tough to orchestrate. But uh, getting the Yankees involved, knowing the Yankees want starting pitching, of course the Yankees would be interested in Noah Syndergaard if, if that was able to happen. And I think that shows how interested the Mets were in getting real Muto. Maybe they still will. Who knows? But I think that as of right now, that, that was an interesting rumor. It was fun to talk about on Monday night going into Tuesday morning. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, just winter meetings buzz here in the lobby. It was well-timed because nothing else was going on. So <laughs> it, that, it gets extra attention to the teams that were involved, obviously, and then, and then the lack of other news. Um, the Yankees and Mets haven't made, I think I saw, haven't made a trade involving a major league player since 2004. Is, mm -hmm. that, is that something where neither team wants any part of that, or is it one team more than the other that oh, doesn't that, want that to Mike trade? That Mike Stanton for Felix Heredia trade was big. <laughs> um, I, I think that, well, Brian Cashman has said he's done deals with Steve Phillips, Jim Duquette, Omar Minaya. He's willing to trade with the Mets. Yeah. I, I almost feel like for a while there it was like a little brother thing with the Mets. They do not want to help the Yankees win a World Series. And Noah Syndergaard would probably yeah, a couple of years ago, the Yankees were trying hard to get Lucas Duda, Neil Walker, Jay Bruce from the Mets, and uh, they were close on some of those, Jay Bruce uh, particularly, but uh, at the end, the Mets backed out and wound up sending Bruce to Cleveland. Uh, I, I think that it, it was a scenario where they just could not stomach the idea of giving a guy, uh, sending him across town, putting him in pinstripes, and then watching him succeed in the playoffs for the Yankees. So, But it's a new ownership, not a new ownership, but it's a new kind of management there, new front office hierarchy. Uh, maybe things are different now. Yeah, we'll see if Brody at some point can convince the ownership, which isn't new, to do something. <laughs> Something like that. Something we'll keep an eye on for sure. Um, all right, Sonny Gray, still a Yankee. Uh, we still don't expect him to be a Yankee come spring training. Is there a time frame on that at all? Is there any traction to movement of Sonny Gray, or, or is that something that once the other players that are expected to be moved come off the board, then teams will focus in on Sonny Gray. Yeah, well, I think that at some point he's going to wind up being one of the better available starting right. pitchers on the market as these names start coming off. Um, now that Happ is off, maybe that does kind of pick things up. I, I think that you know, Cashman has said 11 teams showed interest in Gray. There's a smaller amount that are actually serious. We've heard Brewers, Reds, Padres, and I think all of those would be good fits for him. I think that uh, a change of scenery is going to help this guy. The peripherals look good. I, it's just kind of a mystery. I don't yeah. understand why it didn't work in New York, but clearly the Yankees are not willing to keep pushing that boulder up the mountain, as Brian Cashman said. Um, I guess time frame-wise, there's no rush. I mean, they could, in theory, have him come to spring training and have 12 reporters around his locker every day saying, hey, when do you think you're going to get traded? <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't happen. Personally, I don't want to be interrogating Sonny be Gray every day. No, I, I don't think that'd be fun for anybody. Uh, but So I, I would think they'll probably get something done before pitchers and catchers report. But, I mean, there's plenty of time left on the clock for that. You look at the roster, and they've kind of taken care of the big things they needed to do. That was add those starters. There's still some work to do probably in the bullpen. But everybody wants to know about the big two guys that are out there, and that's going to take time. But now that Hap's there and they have Paxton in-house, attention kind of can be more focused on Harper Machado? Yeah, well, I think that, you know, Machado. Because uh, Cashman said this week, right? I don't know why you guys are still asking me about Harper. <laughs> he was, I think we know why we're still asking I, about Harper. I mean, Harper. you know, when you've got those premium free agents on the board, a generational talent, of course we're going to ask right. about him. And, uh, you know, and he rattled off the name of six outfielders and said that Harper doesn't fit at first base for them. So, okay. Um, you I know, think he fits into the outfield, I'll regardless. Believe, I, I can't imagine that... And I brought that up to Cash, too. I said, yes, I understand that. But um, 
you know, some of the names you mentioned, Harper's a clear upgrade over them. Right. Uh, so, okay, they, they feel like they're set there. Uh, I think they're, they're at least publicly bowing out on Harper. Uh, Machado makes sense for a lot of reasons for them, especially with Didi Gregorius going down for injury. But even if Didi was healthy, you could stick uh, Machado at third base and um, maybe move Miguel Andahar for a pitching or whatever else you need to get. Um, I, I think that that's realistic. That's real. The smoke is there. Uh, they're going to meet with Machado face-to-face -face in, in about a week or two. Um, that's going to go on. And as we know, Hal Steinbrenner wants an explanation for uh, those whole Johnny Hustle comments in the yeah. postseason, which I think are pretty much overdone at this point. Um, we know the player that Manny Machado is. We know what he can do to a big league lineup, and uh, clearly he'd be an impact bat to, to add. Uh, now that Cashman has crossed off two of the starting pitching, uh, they're going to look at bullpen, they're going to look at middle infield, and Machado is obviously a big part of that. Is bullpen just straight free agency, or could they look to trade for bullpen help? Oh, you know, I, I feel like trade market, free yeah. agency, both things are in play there. I know Adam Adovino is a name that's come up a lot, and, and he could fit. They, they've still got interest in Zach Britton and Dave Rock. Robertson. Uh, we'll see if those guys come off the board. I don't know what kind of what the length of commitment there is going to be, how much money they actually want to spend on the bullpen, especially if they're going after a Machado. Um, you know, there's a give and take there. If you're gonna, if you're not going to get Machado, then you've got a ton to spend on the bullpen. But I, I feel like uh, they're they're still in on Machado. So at this point, they're not going to spend big on the bullpen because they want to keep that money available. For Mention all the outfielders, and Clint Frazier is still a part of this organization. Mm -hmm. He's a guy that was a top prospect, and they they got him. Um, hasn't been able to get it done at the big league level because of the numbers game and he's battled injuries as well. Where does Clint Frazier stand right now with the Yankees? Well, I mean, he's got to get over this concussion issue. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunate. His whole year got derailed the second game of spring training. Raced back to the wall in, in Bradenton, Florida, and hit his head against a chain-link fence, and that really derailed the whole season. And he's been dealing with post-concussion syndrome. He's uh, still under the care of a specialist who's based out of Pittsburgh. They say everything's going well, but I think the true test is going to be when he's on the field every day, getting his four at-bats a day during spring training. If the symptoms don't come back then, then you can really realistically talk about all right, is this guy a triple-A player for the Yankees? Can he break into the outfield for the Yankees? I, I think that uh, Jacoby Ellsbury is going to play into that, too. You know, is he going to come back and be a part of the uh, the mix there? If not, uh, I think that opens the door for Frazier. And Brett Gardner's there, but I don't think you want to have Brett Gardner playing 140, 150 games. You saw in the second half last year, he wore down. They, they played him more than they wanted to. So if you had a guy like Frazier healthy, he would have played a part for the Yankees in 2018 down the stretch. And I think he can play a part for the Yankees in 2019. All right, we are inching towards the end of the 2018 winter meetings, which we can now count as a successful one, I think, for the New York Yankees. For Brian Hoke, I'm Tim McMaster. Thanks for tuning in to the MLB Extras Yankees podcast.